0: welcome back to another episode of the podcast this is episode number 85 and today we are going to continue our conversation with paul mcfadden who is the director of purchasing with rdo water before we dive into the show please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps we're streaming this to, such as Apple's podcasting app. It's on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd really love to hear what you think about our show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDO Tony K., now, with that, let's get back to the show. I'm pleased to continue my conversation with Paul about the challenges that the Southwest United States faces around water. In our last episode, Paul, you mentioned that you attended the Mid-Pacific Water Users Conference and that there were a lot of people talking about equipment and technologies that can be utilized moving forward. With farming becoming more challenging, we we get drought years, we get wet years, it kind of comes and goes, but with the increase and and usability of technologies within agriculture, how is this gonna help with the water situation throughout the entire world?
1: Well, I think uh wow that that could that could take a probably a good hour to do a deep dive into all of that. I'm not sure we have that time but I think it's important to understand that surface water, surface storage, is only one portion of the, you know, I kind of kind of consider it a three-legged stool. You have surface storage, you have the conveyance or the canal systems that or river streams that move it from one place to another, and then you have groundwater storage. Without looking at all three, you're kind of getting a picture that may, may or may not be accurate. So in California, for example, the last uh, five years, we've pumped two and a half million acre feet out of the ground more than has gone back in. So as a result of pumping that uh, sponge, if you will, uh, dry or drier, the soil level actually collapses. And it's, it's a term called subsidence. As a result of that, now, I should say that California has taken action to monitor groundwater pumping. Just recently, they were the last state in the western uh, United States to actually put uh, sanctions in place or laws in place to monitor groundwater pumping. But as a result of that, there's are some areas where, for example, the Fryant kern Canal that comes out of Lake Millerton on the west side of uh, or the east side of the San Joaquin Valley, it's one of the major major canals uh, in the in the state, moving water up and down and east and west. As a result of this subsidence, there's a portion of that canal that has dropped and has reduced the capacity of the canal by 60%. So as water travels uh, into, the, into Lake Millerton from the San Joaquin River that flows from all the way up into Sacramento and out to the Delta, that the capacity of that canal has been reduced significantly by over half. And just because it's uh, the, the amount of groundwater pumping. So now farmers have less water, cities have less water, uh, and there's less water that's uh, in, a, in a situation like this winter where we have a lot of uh, a, a, the snowpack and, and the rainfall is better than average we have 60% less capacity to move back into basins where we can recharge the groundwater. So, and the fix is going to be, according to the uh, Bureau of Reclamation, the fix is about a $400 million fix just for that one section of canal. And that's happening around the state. The infrastructure that we have in the state is uh, is very old. Some of it is uh, pre-1900s. And according to IBM, who's very involved in the water business and looking at technology to solve some of the issues, they're saying that every 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 gallon of uh, water that travels through a pipe or a canal or a conveyance system in the state is lost to uh, because of leaking or, or ruptures. That's, you know, one in five gallons. Now, it, it's not all bad because it goes right back into the groundwater in many cases, but if we could be more efficient with our conveyance system it would uh, it would solve a huge huge situation in during drought conditions where we're able to be more sustainable as a as a group of people and a farming operations uh, throughout the state of california and i suspect that it's uh, it's similar in in arizona you asked about uh, technology and some of the things that we're looking at Uh, As a company, RDO is uh, always looking for new technologies to help farmers with being more efficient. I think my my personal opinion is we need to do a better job as a a farming community to be efficient with the systems that we have. California and Arizona have about three quarters, 70 75% of all the drip and micro-irrigation used in the entire United States are based right here in California. So, and of those, and we think of drip and irrigation being efficient, which they they are, but if they're not maintained properly, they become less efficient. I think the average efficiency in the state is uh, is uh, less than 80%, and a brand new system is designed, our designers designed them to be in the low 90s. So by increasing 10% of our water efficiency, and, and you need to keep in mind that that also includes fertilizer because many times fertilizer injector systems are placed into the irrigation system as a mode of delivery of those nutrients, 10 to 10 to 15% less water and nutrients could be applied if our systems were just maintained. I think that's first and foremost, and I think it's most important to to understand if it would be like driving a, a nice uh, sports car and uh, using, uh, you know, the worst kind of gas you could buy. It, it'll still drive nicely, but you know, it may not uh, perform up to your expectations. We, our farmers invest in these, these uh, incredibly complex irrigation systems that deliver water nutrients right to the plant's root zone. But yet they don't—they uh, don't change the oil. They don't put the premium gas in it to make it go correctly. So, uh, I think uh, before we go into soil moisture monitoring and, and you know the the all the different things that we use for monitoring, uh, we need to do a better job as a community making sure our systems operate correctly uh, right from the get go.
0: You talk about the different the soil moisture monitoring different practices of irrigation introducing automation into the irrigation all of that but and there's there's a lot of things where i completely agree uh take for instance a a planter a row crop planter we can hang all the bells and whistles on it that we want but if we don't fully optimize and utilize the planter to begin with then there's there's not a whole lot of point with moving to that next level so Where with all of that, before we even get to the level of soil moisture monitoring and and changing our practices of irrigation or even adding automation, there's a lot of stuff that comes into play. Where does RDO water fit into this entire equation?
1: Well, I I think we have to be a resource. I think we have to be to our customers in terms of We need to be able to explain to our customers what we do, why we do it, and and how it will benefit them. And it's a financial, bottom line, it's a financial discussion. Farmers want to be able, they want to do the right thing, I think, in in terms of uh, stewardship, but it has to be profitable. They're not going to spend an inordinate amount of money because just to have automation, if no one understands how to use it correctly or operate that system then uh, they're not going to do that but i think we have to be a resource and teach folks and uh, not only the the farmers themselves but at the farm level the irrigators we have to do a better job of of uh, providing them the right tools that they need to uh, to be successful
0: that is a very good point with all of the technology not even just water but anywhere in the ag industry what we do as RDO equipment, RDO water, is we need to do our part in teaching and informing them of of how to properly do do these things, whatever they may be doing out there in the ag industry. So like you said, there, there's so much to this technology. We just need to take a step back and understand the basics of it first.
1: Right. Uh, I, there's been a huge number of huge and dozens of... Of companies that have come to the u.s and some many uh, dozens that are from from the, this country that have brought technology thinking that was going to be the, the the be all save all for the the farming in the united states and I, I know of a couple of companies that have come with monitoring and automation programs that have closed up shop and sold i know of one company where they This one entrepreneur spent invested over $40 million into this technology and couldn't make it work in California after trying for 10 years and uh, uh, sold his company for less than a million dollars and uh, uh, moved uh, back to his home country. Uh, It's not an easy, uh, just a plug-and-play solution. Uh, When I was with uh, John Deere, the water organization side of John Deere, they had uh, they had some CropSense uh, soil moisture monitoring equipment. They integrated that into into a uh, FarmSense uh, program, and uh, it's my understanding that the whole after investing millions and millions of dollars on the soil moisture uh, monitoring probe, that's been shelved. So uh, it's not easy for whether you're a, a small entrepreneur or a big company like uh, Deer it's not, a, it's not an easy task to find the right solution for automation, or in this case, soil moisture monitoring, and then put it into a usable uh, format where growers understand it. And not only uh, growers, but irrigators. And it may not, English may not be their first language. So it has to be in multiple uh, languages and easy to understand. So, but it all starts with education
0: in this industry being very difficult to to really know and understand everything and like you said there's been a lot of companies that have come and gone from the irrigation or water management industry there's got to be with your experience uh in that industry there's got to be some sort of a success story that you have that you know at the end of the day you kind of put a smile on your face and and uh just kind of said, yep, this, this is where water is going. Do you have any sort of a story like that to share, Paul?
1: I do. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. We had a vegetable grower out in uh, on the central coast of California, who's, uh, he would uh, say, the owner was a uh, president uh, or a chairman, I should say, of the Western Growers Organization. Uh, we work closely with Western Growers, in California and Arizona, and we selected uh, four farming operations to go out and do an audit. Well, the one group that we audited was uh, they were growing about 80 acres of uh, celery crop. And we went in and we did an assessment of how efficient their system was operating. And the the irrigator was having a real difficult time convincing the higher-ups within the company they needed to to look at uh, replacing the drip irrigation tape in the system. They'd used it uh, eight or 10 times. It was leaking. It wasn't very efficient. It was about a 0.82, point, point 0.83 eight uh, efficiency from one emitter uh, in the field to the, the best to the worst emitter. It's, a, it's kind of a, a level of efficiency about 83%. So, And as, as I mentioned earlier, the typical uh, system is in the low 90s. So we went back to the owner and we showed them by by replacing the drip tape, going from an 80% efficiency to a 90% efficiency. Uh, given the current price of celery in this 80-acre block, he could have made an additional $1.2 million uh, on that 180-acre block. And all of a sudden, the lights went on. And they, he said, you know what? I understand you know if you're using your yield increase is correlated to the efficiency how efficient your irrigation system is it's typically a one to one ratio. I understand if I can be more efficient with my system uh, I could have made uh, an additional one point two million dollars on this one eighty acre block and so I think for me that was uh, it was rewarding because we were able to convince that folk that fellow that Hey, you know this. This is an important thing. Whether celery is forty-six dollars a box or four dollars and sixty cents a box, it's still significant. We still have to have to be cognizant of that. Uh, the effect of efficiency.
0: That's a great story, and it brings me right to the end of the show here, Paul. Being able to offer that grower the education, the information needed, and then also being able to offer the right solution or the fix to a solution he already has. If there's a listener out there that's kind of in the same situation where they just, they aren't sure where to go or or what to turn to when it comes to their irrigation or their situation with water in their specific area, where can they go? Who can they talk to if they want to learn more about RDO water and other irrigation systems?
1: Well, they can always contact me. I'm happy to field uh, calls and uh, provide resources to folks. My, uh, my email address is p M-C-F-A-D-D-E-N, at com. They can always send me an email, and I'll do my best to uh, point them in the right direction.
0: That's great. I just want to thank you, Paul, for sitting down with me today and talking to our listeners about kind of the state of water kind of in that southwestern region where it's a, a lot more discussion down there. But also for everybody, all of our listeners throughout the United States and also throughout the world it kind of gives us a little bit more uh, information on on the importance of water and what we need to do as an ag industry to kind of help the entire situation. So thanks again for sitting down, Paul.
1: Uh, you're quite welcome. My pleasure, Tony.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from Rdo Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter, at rdotonyk, that's at r-d-o-t-o-n-y-k, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.